Hey, it's Amber. I want you to think about that wise friend who knows how to tie things from the past to things going on now. You know that mentor that connects the dots? That's how you'll feel listening to Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker. If you haven't had a chance yet, check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today, our topic is think outside the box. I'm super excited about this topic. It's one that I really like because I like all things new. Um, But that might not be you. And this might be a little bit difficult. This might be a little hard. Uh, Just hang in there with me. See if any of these are takeaways that you could maybe use in your life to just make little changes even. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. So what box? Think outside of what box? What box are we talking about? Your box. Think outside of your box because your box isn't the only box. Listen, I think we all get stuck in our comfort zones. We all do. We don't even realize that we're stuck in the same rut and we're just going through the motions day in, day out. And sometimes it takes a really long time for us to realize something's not working for us because we've just always done it that way. So we just assume it's the way we have to keep doing things. And every once in a while, something jars us out of our complacency and we realize, wait, we can change this. And it is so empowering to know you do not have to be stuck in the same box. Okay, I just want you to think for a minute. If you were to imagine ideals, so if you could live anywhere you wanted to live, would you be living in the same house, the same town, the same state even, as where you're living now. Your job. Do you like your job? Is this where you like to keep working? Or are you just there because it's where you've worked for a long time? Church. Is your church a Bible-believing church? Do you walk with the Lord? Are there people there who are encouraging your spiritual growth? Are there people who even notice you in your church? I talked to someone recently who was telling me about when they moved to a different state and they went to a church that was three blocks from their house. They went seven weeks in a row and not one person, not one person came up to them and said a thing. So the next week they went to a church that was several miles away. And they said immediately people came and greeted them after the service and they knew they were where they wanted to be. Is your church working for you? Are they? Are the people in your church glad to see you? Are they encouraging you? Are they um, talking to you about, about God and having a deeper relationship with God? Or are you just going and putting in your time because you have never ever thought about finding a different church. Even your Bible studies. Are the people in your Bible study, whether it's a women's Bible study, a men's Bible study, a couple's Bible study, an in-home Bible study, whatever it is, are the people in your Bible study challenging you? 
to a deeper walk with Christ? Or has it become nothing more than a fellowship group? And you know, you barely even get into the Bible. And it's superficial. Well, maybe it's time for change. I want you to examine what complaints have surfaced. And a lot of times we complain about the same things over and over and over and don't realize that we have the power to change those things. So what complaints keep coming up in your house? Are they complaints about your house because this old house doesn't work or your landlord won't let you change this? Or is it a complaint about your job or your boss or your coworkers? and how they don't really appreciate your work, or whatever. What are the complaints that sort of surface and resurface and resurface again? And again, I don't, I'm not saying that complaining is a good thing. There are times that we are just complaining and grumbling because we're ungrateful. And that's not a good thing. That's something that we have to recognize in ourselves and repent of. But sometimes there are legitimate complaints. That man who was talking to me who was saying that he went to a church seven times and not one person stopped to say, hey, you're new here. How are you doing? That is a legitimate concern. He wasn't complaining for the sake of complaining. He was saying, God, is there a different church out there where people want us to come? And if so, can we find it, please? Because we're People, person, people, people, I guess. Anyway, what are the passions that come up when you talk to other people? What are your someday things? Someday, I really would want to work with this type of people or work in this area. Well, when is someday going to come? When are, when are you going to make the step and the change? When are you going to, have you looked into that area recently? Is it a possibility, but you are comfortable or you think you can't leave the job that you're at now so you're not working in the area that you are passionate about? Maybe God put that passion in your heart and you're ignoring it because change is somewhat uncomfortable. Maybe it's time to start thinking outside the box, examining your life. Another thing that's really important, and this parents fall into all the time, we keep doing the same thing, even though it's not working. So you're using the same type of discipline, but no change is happening. Maybe it's time to use a different type of discipline. Maybe it's time to come up with a new rule. Maybe it's time for a family meeting. That's what we always did in our in our family. When things were getting out of control, my husband would call a family meeting and he'd say, you know, this isn't working. You guys aren't paying attention to this. Your mom keeps saying whatever, whatever it was. And sometimes we realized the rule was just not appropriate anymore. Our kids had outgrown it. You know, they can't go to bed at eight o'clock. The reason they're screwing around at bedtime is because they're not tired. Okay. We change bedtime. It's so many things. But instead of pulling out your hair and screaming and going, this isn't working, start examining why. A quote that a friend gave me last year, and I know I've used it before on this podcast, but that really made me start thinking about a lot of different things is from Jim Ron. And it's the quote that says, you are 
the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Are you spending time with people who make you into the person you want to be? Or are you just spending time with the people who are most convenient to spend time with? Now we're going to break this down a little bit. We're going to go through this step by step because there's a great blog on a site that's that's called Develop Good Habits. It's by Connie Stemmel. And she sort of took this quote by Jim Ron and she broke it down and she said, here are five little steps that you can take or five things that you can look at. And maybe this can help you to be around the sort of people that you want to be around or even to start making changes that help you to become the person you want to be. So if you haven't thought at all about the type of person you want to be, this would be the time to do that. So when when this podcast is over, there will be lots to think about. And in fact, it might not be a bad idea to grab a pen and paper right now if you wanted to, because there are, there are going to be little things that you can think about and dwell on and ask yourself and examine to see if you're heading in the right direction. Listen, time is short. You don't have a ton of time on earth. None of us do. Every day counts. And that's the that's one thing that I've realized is that I think 2020 made me a little bit complacent because so much stopped and we had to be at home so much. And it just felt like we'd always have this abundance of time. And so it was easy to just spend more time with Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever or on YouTube and not really worry about what I was getting done. And then things have picked up and and I've realized that, wait a second, I have things I want to accomplish. And watching all the newest and latest things on Netflix, that doesn't even make the list of things that I want to accomplish. So what do I have to do to become the person that accomplishes the things that I want to accomplish in the kingdom of God. So I want to talk about five quick lessons or five quick things that you can do that might be able to help you as you walk through this process of examining yourself, thinking outside of your box, becoming more of the person that you want to be, doing more of the things that you want to do, hopefully in the kingdom of God. Okay, number one, this is going to hurt some people's feelings And this is going to make some people super uncomfortable. Me, I love this one. Keep your critics around. I know I'm not going to get into cancel culture. Cancel culture says to do just the opposite. If someone says, hey, I think differently than you, cancel culture says block them. Keep them at arm's length. Do not listen to them. This is the problem with that. These people will help you grow. Because you are not always right. I have talked about it before, but my main personality trait is strategy, which means I see what's going wrong. I don't always want to see it. There's a lot of times I would rather ignore it, but I can see, oh, hey, if we made this change, that would really help. Or, you know what the problem is in this situation? And I have learned, mm, I have learned from years and years and years of being able to see things, people don't want to know. Ask first. I was working with a, a coworker the other day who was brand new to our facility, and 
he um, mentioned, he's like, man, some of the things that you guys do are really backwards. And I said to him, oh, you know, (laughs) I have learned to come in, put my time in, be the best that I can be, keep a great and brilliant attitude and walk away. And I'll tell you why, because I've gotten into tons of trouble in the past by saying, hey, you could do things a lot better if you did A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's kind of a curse to be able to see that. So if people want to know a better way, I'm there to offer it. But a lot of times people don't want to know a better way. So if you want to grow, if you want to do things differently, if you want to see what you're doing that's totally ineffective and inefficient, keep your critics around. There's a quote that says, criticism is information that will help you grow. And another one says, never assume that every critic is a hater. Some people are just telling you the truth. You need the challengers in your life. They will push you to go further to do things differently. I love that about the age that my children are right now. Truthfully, they are at an age where they can tell me, hey, mom, you know what? Um, When you do this and then that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Do you know if you were to do this instead, you could save yourself time. And and I am at a place where I love that. I love that they're thinking differently than I am and they can suggest things and um, we can maybe do things more simple. We can simplify. That's always a good thing to me. Number two, this is a big one. Consider who you're keeping company with both on and offline. What do you watch? Who are you listening to because they are influencing you? What podcasts are you listening to? What music are you listening to? Are you listening to sermons or is it all entertainment? Years ago when I was in um, college, I went to school for creative writing and literature and I realized that I was becoming like, I was starting to write like rather my favorite authors. So I loved Hemingway, and I love Raymond Carver. Not necessarily their topics. I loved the way they wrote. And Hemingway once challenged his editor, find one word that you could get rid of, because he was so concise and succinct. And that's how Raymond Carver was too. And so my writing, I realized, was becoming very much that way. No detail. No Henry James with me. (laughs) I would no James Joyce. I was very succinct not a lot of detail, strict to the point, here it is. I was listening recently to an amazing Christian musician who I've really, really gotten into lately. And I was listening to his music and I was thinking, this is the kind of person I want to be around. I want to be around someone who's so on fire for the Lord that it just seeps out of them. When they talk, when they sing, when they pray, it's just they love the Lord and they're on fire for the Lord. Well, you can. You can hang around with those people now online. You know, 30, 40 years ago, you could never do what you could do today. Because today, you have the opportunity to watch these people on YouTube, to listen to their music. You are able to see sermons that you were never able to see before. You have access to all kinds of people who can shape you 
and can influence you. But the question is, who are you allowing to influence you? And what sort of things are you watching? What are you listening to? Are they the sort of people that are going to make you more like the person you want to become? Or are they making you angry and defiant? These are questions to really ask yourselves and to examine so that you're watching, listening, and keeping company with the right people. Number three, it's a lot the same, but it's, it's a minor change that really makes a big difference. You control who you spend time with. You do. You do not have to answer the phone. You do not have to meet that person for drinks. You do not have to sit with the same coworker for lunch. If that coworker drives you crazy or talks about things that you're not comfortable talking about or um, is completely negative, you can go eat in your car. You can take a walk. You can sit by yourself. You have control. You don't have to go out to lunch with the same people after church that you have for the last 18 years. Has it become more of a complaining fest or, oh man, politics stinks or the world's falling apart? If so, your time is probably better spent. If your Bible study isn't bringing you closer in your walk with God, start a new one. Listen, if you're spending your time in front of the TV, because what you do and what you're used to do, doing is going to work, coming home, turning on the TV and sitting there for four or five hours, you can control how you spend that time. You can turn off the TV You can go read your Bible, you can pray, you can exercise, you can work on a snowmobile or paint a room in your house that drives you crazy. You can go for a walk with a friend. You can call somebody up. You can go read a book. You have control over who you spend time with and how you spend your time. We get into such a rut. This is how we spend our time. This is what we do that we think we can never get out of that rut. That's not true. Don't for a minute think that that is the truth of your life, that if you've always done it, you are going to always do it. No. Steve Marabelli said, incredible change happens in your life when you decide to take control of what you do have power over instead of craving control over what you don't. Yeah, there are some things you don't have control over. You don't have control over how much of your money goes to taxes. That's determined by the state you live in, the city you live in, and the nation that you live in. You don't have control over that. You don't have control over certain things when it comes to health care. If you have a certain condition and that means that you are in this category, you might not have control over that. If you're a paraplegic, you might not be able to change that. But what can you control? Number four, negative people will not result in a positive attitude. There was a quote that I heard years and years and years ago, which is something like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. So when you hang out with people who are always negative, 
there's a good chance that's going to wear off on you. Complainers are going to entice you to complain. Swindlers, you know what? They're going to be suggesting you swindle. They're going to be telling you to look for the ways that you can get the most out of whatever you are doing or whoever you're with. Lazy people are going to drag you down. Oh, why are you doing that? You don't have to work so hard. But you know what? The opposite is also true. Grateful people will, they'll, they'll cause you to be more grateful. Driven people will drive you. That's how it works. So who are you hanging out with? And are they the people that are going to get you where you want to be? Mark Twain said, don't walk away from negative people, run. Now, I just want to say that one thing I try to do is I try to help people get out of their negativity. So when I'm around a negative person, I try to switch the conversation to help them find some reason to be grateful. I try to find the good or switch it around and say, well, you could look at it that way, but you could also look at it this way. So I don't just want to, you know, cut that person out of my life. But on the same token, if I try and I try and I try and they refuse to do anything but sit and complain, or if you suggest that, you know, why don't you read your Bible? That really can do a lot to change your attitude. And then you go over there the next time you go to have coffee with them at their house and you see that their Bible is under a stack of mail. There's a point that you say, hmm, this person isn't really looking for my advice. They are very content in their negativity. Maybe I shouldn't be spending quite as much time with this person. One exercise I like to use with my um, kids that I teach Sunday school and Bible history to is I like to ask them a good and bad from their week because typically there's some of each. Every week, you know, sometimes the bad is, oh, I'm just really tired. And then we can ask, well, are you going to bed on time? No, I've been doing, you know, Xbox late at night. Or, But sometimes there's legitimate bad, you know. Oh, we've really been struggling in our family with this cold or uh, whatever. And so that's something we can pray about. But the reason that I like to do this exercise is I like to have kids find the good. So the bad is usually right there. It's easy to conjure up, well, what's gone wrong this week? Oh, this, 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 and this. Okay, now what's gone well? And what do you have to be grateful for? So, you know, I'm not suggesting you cut all the negative people out of your life altogether. I am suggesting that you limit the time that you spend with them, especially if they are unwilling to change. And I am suggesting that you try your hardest to flip the conversation around from negative to positive, from complaining to being grateful, from being lazy and thinking that's an okay thing to, you know, I just, I want to use my days in service to the Lord. So I don't want to waste my time doing that. Maybe, just maybe, you can impact people when you do that. Number five. Realize that you are one of somebody's five, (laughs) one of the people that influences other people. And when you realize that, ask yourself, what kind of influence are you? 
Are you the influence that you want to be on your grandchildren, on your children? Are the words that come out of your mouth words that you want your children to hear? When you're driving, are you constantly complaining about the person in front of you? Or are you grateful? Are you going the speed limit? Are you considerate? Are you saying, go ahead, buddy. You must be in a bigger hurry than I am. It's okay. I'm not in a big hurry. You can be more loving. You can be more positive. You can be more driven, less lazy. You can convince somebody to do something that they're scared to do. So when you're around people and they say, you know, someday I would like to, you can be the one saying, well, why someday? Why not now? What would it take for you to do that now or to take a step in the right direction now? And every time you talk to that person, you can say, are you doing anything to go in that direction? Because I know that this is a passion in your heart. Don't ignore that because, man, at the end of people's lives, the regrets they have are the things that they didn't do. The passions that they had that they put aside that they always said, oh, someday I'm going to work with orphans or someday I would really like to spend my time volunteering at this. And then life gets away from them. They never took the time to do that. Spending time with family, um, hanging out with your grandchildren, you know, saying that you want to have grandma and grandpa camp where the grandkids come, you know, and every summer you think you're going to do it, but then you fill your summer up or it seems like a whole lot of work and you wonder if you have enough energy to get through it. Plan it. Just do it. Make it happen. Plan the things you're going to do for five days. Invite the grandkids. Let it be an amazing time. Don't keep saying you're going to do it. Just do it. Um, there's a, a quote, and I forgot to write down who said it. It was four names. Um, but he said, we have a responsibility to influence the people in our lives to be the best possible people they can be. Therefore, encourage another, one another and build each other up, which seemed to me to be right from the book of Hebrews and what we were told from the writer of Hebrews, encourage one another daily. You be somebody who influences other people, influence them to be more grateful, to do what they want to do, to go after the things that they want to go, to not fall into complacency and certainly to get to a closer walk with God. Stacey Sanchez said, when God calls us to step out of our comfort zone, he's not calling us to be comfortable in the situation. He's calling us to be comfortable in him in spite of the situation. And there are so many people in the Bible that demonstrate this. Gideon was certainly not comfortable in his situation. He had to be reassured over and over and over again. Jacob, he was leaving home with nothing. He fled with just the clothes on his back. And when he returned back to his home after 20 years with Laban, he was fleeing again. He wasn't necessarily comfortable. We know Moses wasn't comfortable. Moses kept asking God to send somebody else. I'm not the one to do this. But God knew that he was and he had to reassure him. But it's not about being comfortable It's about stepping out of your comfort zone and doing the things that God is calling you to do, whether you're comfortable or not. Esther certainly was not comfortable. She said to Mordecai, 
This is against the law. I could die. Uh, not a good idea. And what did, what did Mordecai say? Who knows but that you are here for such a time as this. There are two things that are probably holding you back. And, and those two things really need to be dealt with. One is probably fear. Quit being afraid. God tells us over and over and over and over again in the Bible, do not fear. All the time, do not fear. So why are we constantly afraid to do something different? That is Satan because we know that's not God because God tells us all the time to not be afraid. So quit being afraid. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't afraid to go into the fiery furnace. They weren't going to bow down one way or the other. So they're like, you know what? Our God can rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. Not afraid. How many things are you not doing because you're afraid and you're talking yourself out of it? Stop. Quit being afraid. Your God is way bigger. And guess what? If you fail, also not reason to be afraid. Everybody fails. Elon Musk fails a lot. Failure is part of doing things. Doesn't matter. You fail, you get back up. Doesn't mean you should be afraid the next time. You just approach it differently. Another thing that holds a lot of us back is our pride. Listen, if you are too proud to fall, you're not going to try anything new. Stop. God doesn't have anything good to say about people who are proud. He raises up the humble. He opposes the proud. God doesn't share his glory. This isn't about you doing something so everybody can look at you and think you are wonderful. This is about using your potential, using your time, using your energy in in a way that brings the most glory to God, that impacts the most people for God. This isn't about you. Listen, David didn't go out to Goliath saying, hey, hey, watch out, here I come. He said, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David wasn't worried about his own reputation. He was worried about God's. And he was worried that there was not one other person who was willing to get up off the ground and defend God's glory and name. Why are you all sitting here shaking Go out. It's not about your strength. It's about depending on God's strength. This year can be a year of tremendous growth, spiritual blessing, but it might require change. If what you're doing isn't working, pray for a different group of people. People who are passionate about the word of God, Pray for the energy and for the courage to do something different, to make that change, to not be content in your complacency. Find somebody who will push you to be better, who will encourage you and build you up. The Apostle Paul had Barnabas. And I don't think that it was necessarily that The Apostle Paul found Barnabas as much as Barnabas saw the Apostle Paul and reached out to help him. And look at what happened. 
because of that, the Apostle Paul went on to do amazing things in the kingdom of God. So this isn't just about um, getting out of your comfort zone to do better yourself. Maybe the message that you need to hear today is quit sitting and watching Netflix and find someone who you can encourage and build up and someone who can go on to do great things in the kingdom. Write to a missionary. Find a young person at your church who seems to be going astray or who maybe doesn't have a good influence in their life. Find the mother who seems extremely stressed out. Walk with her. Build her up in Christ. Just don't sit in your little box thinking this is the only way things are ever going to be. No, it doesn't have to be that way. This year, you can think outside the box. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thanks for listening again this week. And don't forget, we're here for you. Check out the many resources we have to help you on your faith journey. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up for our daily email that will keep you in the loop with all that we have available.